God's not a withholder. There's so much in the Bible. Every good gift and every perfect gift come, uh, comes down. He's a giver of every good gift. Uh, he wants us to, to receive some things. Um, everyone there, 1 John 5 verse 14. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we we know we that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. How many of you see in these verses a progression? Yeah? It tells you one thing, and then it says, if you know that one thing, then you know the next thing. Then it says, if the next thing, then you, you, you have. Do you see a progression there of, of things? <clears throat> and so he's, he's actually giving you some, some keys, some important information related to how to come to that end place. What, what's the last phrase in verse 15? We know we have the petitions that we asked of him. What's a petition? Request, yeah? We know that we have. We know that we have. We know that we have. Have what? What you asked him about. Does, does he say, does he say we, we don't, you know, we, you could never really know. We're uncertain. What does he say? We know. Is it possible to come to the place where you know, you know that you know, you know that you know that you know that you know that you've got it? Yeah, and, 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 and this is a place we should come to. And, and, and what's going to bring you to the place of knowing you've got it? And someone says, well, when I see it. No, actually, that comes afterwards. Knowing I have it is, 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 is a position of faith that you come to where you know I've got this. Got what? What I asked for. And, um, and if you understand other things from the word, you'll realize that once you're coming to that place of knowing I've got it, uh, is, is key to the manifestation of it. Knowing that I have it is, you could, you could say, when you're in that place where you know that you know that you know I've got this, that is what you could call being firmly established, isn't it? That's being rooted and grounded in the fact that this is mine, I've got this. Got what? What you, what you requested. Well, what, what, what might people be requesting? Healing? Lord, meet my needs? What, what is that last phrase? We know that we have what I've asked of him. I know have means I've got it. I'm going to just, I'm going to dwell on this a little bit because this is so important. Can you come to the place where you know that you know that you know that you know I have got what I've asked God for? Like I said, this comes before, this, 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 this doesn't mean I know it because I see it. Now, you know, I know that I know that I know that I've got a shirt on today because I see it. How many of you know what you see does build into you knowing something, yes? I know that I know that I know that I know without beyond a shadow of a doubt, without any question, that I've got an iPad in front of me because I can see it, yeah? That's one way you can know something. 
with your eyes. But does he say anywhere in these two verses, we know we have it because we see it? Anyway, in the two verses that I've just, does he say, this, verse 14, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, we know we have it when we see it. Doesn't say that, does it? So is there another way besides what your eyes tell you that you can know that you know that you know you've got something? Is there another way? One way is, the, is, is with, with your eyes or your five physical senses. I know there's a pulpit. There's, well, it's not really a pulpit, more of a music stand. We haven't quite got a pulpit yet as such, but whatever you want to call it, technical religious terms, it's a stand, Okay. I know that there's a stand in front of me because I can see it. That's one method by which it's possible to know something. And do you realize that the natural man, and all of us live in the natural world, so that's, that's, that is my, usually, the human preferred method of knowing something. <laughs> How many of you, until we can see something, naturally, I'm just talking outside of the Word of God, until my eyes and my physical senses can see something, we tend to be in the realm of speculation about things. Let me give you an example. Any, you know, if I said to you, do you believe aliens exist? Well, some people think they've seen them. If you watch the news... But, but you know what? It's speculation, isn't it? Because have, have we seen on mass scale aliens just everywhere? Like, you know, like you see in the movies, like Independence Day? Everyone then believed in aliens, didn't they? Do you remember the movie Independence Day? What about War of the Worlds? It's an old one. Some kind of alien invasion movie. You know, if, the, if literally... I'm, I'm pulling something out of the blue here, okay, because I'm trying to go into, you know, if aliens literally appeared in the sky right now, and alien spaceships start coming down, and you could see them with your eyes, and you turned to me and said, do you believe in aliens? I think everybody on the planet will go, yeah, because now we can see them, yes? It's not going to happen. I, I know I'm in the realm of speculation, but you know, what about, what about, what about here's another one, what about Loch Ness Monster? You've seen him. <laughs> I've seen them on a photograph. <laughs> now, how many of you know we live in this realm of speculation about whether there is a Loch Ness monster? I saw a video the other day, and, and it, people sometimes you think seriously you can figure out that that's been staged, you know. But um, there was someone someone posted a video of Bigfoot. Apparently, Bigfoot's the American one, isn't he? where we've got the Loch Ness Monster, and someone posted, oh, we were on a train, we saw Bigfoot, and really, it, there was this being walking around, and I'm like, I just look at it like, well, you can't tell that's a human being dressed up in an, an outfit. <laughs> yeah, but it really was, it, this was a human being walking along a hill, and he sat down, he waved at the train going past, and I'm like, you seriously cannot tell that's a human being, and you think you just saw Bigfoot, okay? But, um, but you know what? These kind of things where, in a sense, there's no outright evidence, Loch Ness, Bigfoot, what happens because 
not everybody's seen Loch Ness. The, well, not, not the, the lake Loch Ness. Let's say the Loch Ness monster. Why do we speculate? Is there a monster? Is there not a monster? Because there's, we haven't yet seen, seen him in a way that's definitive and clear, yes? So can we know that we know that we know that we know that we know there's a Loch Ness monster? Is it possible? Not yet. <clears throat> because the only way we could know is, is, is if there was evidence that we could see, that we tangibly put our hands on. Because we certainly, nowhere in the Bible does God say there's a Loch Ness monster. So we don't have that as a source. All we have is what we know in the natural. But this is how the natural man functions. He knows that he knows that he knows things because he's got the physical evidence. But is there another way by which you can come to the place that you know, that you know, that you know, I've got something, it's mine. Is there another way outside of this? Well, we know the answer. Standing the obvious here, but we're just digging around in this a little bit as I launch into what I want to say. Physical evidence, your eyes, is not the only way you can come to a place. Now, if you live in the natural world and you are bound only by the natural world, then that will be your only source of coming to the place of knowing that I know. Yeah? If you're governed just by the natural world, that will be what you need. That's what the children of Israel needed. They needed to see God give them the land before they would believe they would have the land because they, they were everything by what they saw, didn't they? But the Word of God teaches us there's another way by which you can know. And that is the Word of God. The Word of God, what He has said. God, God, God says His Word is truth. And he teaches us, you don't need the natural physical evidence to know. In fact, God wants us, this is how spiritual things work. If you try to run your Christianity and your prayer life based upon natural principles, you'll struggle to get anywhere in prayer. Because you'll always be looking, you'll be basing what you pray on your fears and your worries and what you see. You'll be praying your worry. Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? I don't know. How are we going to do? Oh, Lord, you'll be speaking what the natural evidence gives you. But if you're basing your prayer... Now, it's okay to ask when you've got a need. But should we be praying out of fear and worry? Should that be the foundation that we're praying from? It might be a starting point when things hit you in the natural. There might be some fear and worry. But what should happen? We should shift out of fear and worry into the foundation of the word and begin to say, yes, look, everything in my natural being wants to panic and worry about the fact that I don't have enough money, but my Lord God, I make a choice that you are my provider because you said you are. Yeah? Do you see that? You should got to shift out of the natural position shift away from being governed by what your five senses tell you. Because if you try to govern your Christianity 
If you try to govern your relationship with God on your five natural senses, what you see, what you can tangibly connect with, you're going to find the whole foundation is wrong. What does the Bible teach us should be the foundation? The Word which produces in me faith. In fact, I touched on this Thursday night. Hebrews 11.1, most translations say faith is the substance, but actually that word substance there means foundation, means the solid ground, it means that which lies underneath, that which is holding you up. Faith becomes the foundation. And someone says, oh, but the word Jesus is supposed to be the foundation. Yes, actually your faith should be based on the word. Your faith should be built on the foundation of the word, and your life then becomes built on the foundation of your faith. They work together. Yeah? So, God, the words of Jesus and your faith are actually both part of the foundation upon which you built in one sense. Jesus said his, being a doer of his word is like building on a rock. But then Hebrews 11, 1 teaches your faith is the foundation. So, if you're building your prayer life and your relationship with God and your walk with God and you're receiving from God on your five physical senses, you're, gonna, you're on the wrong foundation, and it's all going to go wrong. So the other way by which you can come to the place that you know, that you know, that you know that you have it, is confidence in what God has said, believing what God has said, this is why we see phrases like, we walk by faith, not by sight. What, that's showing that my believing and my seeing are in contrast with each other. They can often be opposites. Yeah? They can often contradict each other and say completely different things. Um, it says... We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. Again, it, it, we were talking about seeing before the service today. In other words, my confidence in God, my faith in God, is not first and foremost built upon what I see. It's built upon the Word, but I also believe that because I build my faith on the Word, it will eventually change what I see. What I see will begin to change, won't it? Right? But, and in other words, what I believe from the Word will then begin to manifest. We're not just believing in, well, I'm holding to what I, what I, what I believe, but, but it's never actually going to change the scene. No. We believe in a God who will change the scene to line up with his word. But it doesn't start with wanting to see it. It starts with me coming to the place that I know, that I know, that I know, without any doubt in me, that I've got it. He doesn't say, you know you've got it when you see it. He tells you the progression here of how to come to the place that I know I've got it. Progression. He says this, then this, then this, and if this, then this, and he says the end result is you will know. I know that I know I've got this. 
Now, when you know something and you are absolutely persuaded about something, how many of you know nobody can convince you out of it? All right, I don't want testimonies. This is a little bit of a joke. But husbands and wives, how many of you, your spouse has at some point been wrong and yet they com were completely convinced they were right? They knew that they knew that they knew that they knew they were right. And you knew they were wrong. And no matter how, <laughs> okay, I'm not going to go into specifics. And no matter how much you tried to convince them they were wrong, they wouldn't listen to you because they knew they were right. You ever been in that place? You've never been in that place. That's good. Yeah, okay. Now, why am I using that as an illustration? When, you, when you're dealing with someone who, who, who's absolutely persuaded they are right about something, do you know it's very difficult to talk them out of it? Yeah? If you know that you know you are right, you're going to have everybody say, no, no, you've got it wrong. You're like, no, no, no. And you, you argue back, don't you? you know, I, I, know I'm, I know what I know. Now, that's in a comical sense. We're all like that as humans, and sometimes our pride gets in the way, and we like, I know that I'm right, and the other person says, I know that I'm right, okay? But by illustration, I'm trying to show you somebody who's absolutely convinced about something. They know that they know. This is the kind of place we should be getting into in the things of God. How many of you have ever, how many of you have ever um, spoken to someone who is 100% convinced there is no God. An atheist, yeah? Not an agnostic, someone in the middle, an atheist, someone who's absolutely convinced there is no God. Have you ever tried to persuade one of them there is a God? What usually happens? You, okay, but you end up in an argument, you just can't persuade them, can't you? I, I you know, I've had people say to me, well, if, there's a if, a, if God does a miracle, I'll believe. And you know what happens? Someone gets healed in a meeting they're in. They see it with their own eyes. You know what they do? They explain it away and say, oh, it was faked. So actually, they're not even convinced. They are so convinced there's no God that no matter what you try to present to them, even evidence, they'll, they'll say, no, 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 no. Because they've now reached a position where they're absolutely persuaded by something. Nothing from the outside will change their mind. Yeah, and you can get hatred and stuff like that. Forgot. <clears throat> yeah, I always, I always, I'm always amused at saying, for people who don't believe in God, they spend a lot of time talking about him and trying to prove. Now, I once, I once had a... a one of my relatives who's an atheist said to me, oh no, we don't talk about God much. We just don't believe. It. I'm like, I've seen your Facebook posts. You do. They'll even deny that they spend time talking about him because they'll say, no, well, we just don't believe him. I'm like, I have seen your Facebook posts. You do try to spend time persuading there's no God. <laughs> but anyway, that's besides the point. What was the point I was trying to make a minute ago? Is when somebody is absolutely convinced about their position, you can't talk them out of it. Even if you present them evidence. Now, do you, know, do you understand? Now, I've given you in the negative where people are actually wrong, and no matter what you say, you can't convince them otherwise. Or I've given you, for example, people who believe there's absolutely no God. You, sometimes it's just you walk away. There's no point talking to them. Yeah? 
Do you remember Jesus when the when 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 Lazarus and the rich man? When remember Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. The rich man was down in hell, and and the rich man cried out to Abraham and said, "Lord, send Lazarus back to my to my um, brothers." <laughs> well, see, this man had lived for or had not lived for God. Maybe he didn't believe there was God. Now he's dead and he's in hell. How many of you know the day you die, you'll believe there's a God? <laughs> Whether you, wherever a person ends up going, they will believe at that point. They'll, because now they've got, at that point, they've got evidence. Unfortunately, at that point, your, your, your decision is eternal. Okay? That's why you've got to make the decision now before the evidence. But anyway, that's another point. Receive Jesus and you don't wait until the day you die. But here's this man, this rich man's gone down. He now does believe there's a God. He believes there's an eternity. And one of the things he thinks about is, I don't want my brothers coming down here with me. Yeah? And so he says to Abraham, send Lazarus back to go tell my brothers. What, is, uh, what, sorry, yeah, what does Abraham say? He says, even if someone was raised from the dead, they wouldn't believe. He said, they've got the law and the prophets. You can give them all kinds of miracles. See, some people, some people think, actually, if you give me evidence there's God, I'll believe. Very often, that's not even true. Very often, they are so persuaded, you, you could have an, a, an arm grow out in front of their very eyes, and, they won't, and suddenly they won't believe what they see. Suddenly they'll, no, no, that was faked. They'll talk themselves out of what they see. Jesus said, even if someone raised from the dead, they won't change their position. If they won't believe the word of God, then you can very often even give them evidence and they won't believe that either. But what do you see here? Is you see people who've come to a position where they absolutely know something and nothing will talk them out of that position. That's what you call being unshakable. That's what you call being fully persuaded. That's what you call having no doubt about the position you're in. I've, I've met atheists who have absolutely no doubt in their mind. There is no question left inside of them whether there's a God or not. They are absolutely persuaded there's no God, and they never doubt their position. Yeah? Now, I've heard people say, Oh, well, you know, when the book of James says, come to God with no doubting, they say, oh, it's not realistic. You can't come to the place where you have no doubt. I'm like, that's a lie from hell. I have seen people who have no doubt in the wrong sense. They are fully persuaded. They know that they know that they know there is no God and nothing you do will cause them to doubt or question that. Have any of you met those people? They've got no doubt. So don't tell me it's possible to never, to never come to, like James says, to the position of having no doubt. People do it in the negative all the time. Why can't we do it in the positive? Is it possible to come to the place where your foundation is so unshakable in the things of God and in what God has said that you know, that you know, that you know what God has said is true and there's absolutely no doubt and nothing will shake you from that position. Is that possible? It is. The Bible says it's possible. 
Should we come to that position? That's what the Bible talks, says that Abraham came to that position. Romans 4, it says he, he came to the place where he was fully persuaded. And Abraham being fully persuaded. What is it to be fully persuaded? What is fully persuaded? Well, if something is full, this, actually this bottle, although we say this bottle is full, it's technically not because at the top of the bottle is about half an inch of air. Yeah? I haven't even opened this one yet, but if I open this bottle, there's a little bit of air, but it's full, yeah? So if I began to tip it over, it start pouring out water. Now let's 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 say we, we just got rid of that last bit of air because actually even now there's about ninety eight percent water and it, probably more than that and, and it, like one percent air in this bottle. Yeah. So actually it's not technically full of water, is it? We call that full. But let's go with the technicality. If something really is full, if this bottle is genuine was generally full to the top with water how much coffee would i be able to pour into this bottle now obviously okay they're liquids they mix okay but technically if i've got half coffee and half water they mix up or oil let's say oil or something let's say something that doesn't mix then if it's half water and half oil then can you say it's full of water. You can't, can you? Something's only full when there's no room for anything else. See what I'm saying? <laughs> On that note, I'll have some quick coffee. Okay? So, when the Bible says Abraham was fully persuaded, you know what that tells me? That tells me there was no doubt. If you've got a little bit of doubt and 90% persuaded, then are you fully persuaded? No, you've got a little bit of both. <clears throat> if you're not yet at the place where you know that you know that you know the truth, that by his stripes I was healed, and absolutely nothing will convince you out of that truth, and you've got a little bit of questions like, well, you know, what about this? What about that? Then you're not fully persuaded, are you? But the Bible teaches, the Bible doesn't just teach believe and, and then have a whole lot of doubt and then we'll say, well, I do believe, but what about this? What about this? If someone's in that position, they're actually not fully persuaded yet, are they? They've got a little bit of questions and doubts. The Bible, yes, the Bible teaches be in faith and believe, but actually when you really dig into it, you'll see that what the Bible really teaches is be completely, fully, absolutely convinced and so that there is no room for doubt whatsoever so that you become unshakable that you know that you know that you know and nothing can pull that truth out of you. Have an unshakable foundation that you absolutely know something what God says, or you absolutely know in this instance of this verse that what I ask God, He gives me, He provides, is mine, or ha I have it, is actually the phrasing. I have it. 
Do you see what I'm talking about? Now, one of the ways people become convinced is by what they see. But there's another way we become convinced. When it comes to spiritual things, what brings us to the place where we know that we know that we know I have it? The Word and knowledge and understanding of the Word can, will bring you to that. Now, that's if you receive the Word with meekness and choose to believe the Word. Now, if a person's resistant to the Word, they're not going to come to this place. But if a person is, receives the Word with meekness and upholds the Word, they believe God's Word is truth. They believe God is faithful to His Word. They believe I can rely on what God says. I know what he says is true. I know that he's a God of truth. And I know he backs his, what he says up with his power and brings what he says to pass. Okay, When you've got that understanding of the word and you, you hold to that and now you say <clears throat> the word becomes the foundation, not what I see. But the word produces in me, the word will bring me to that place where I know that I know that I know I have what I've asked him for. Now, what happens if you say, Yeah, I know that 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 I know, Owen, I know that by his stripes I was healed. No one will ever convince me out of that because the word says. By his stripes I was healed. And then, and then you get attacked with sickness symptoms. <laughs> now you've got something coming at you, evidence to the contrary of what you believe. Now suddenly you find out how unshakable the foundation is. Suddenly it's, well, yeah, but Lord, I'm, you said it, Lord. Why isn't it so? Now you know what's happening. Now, it's, now the pulling out of this position of I know that I know. Now it's, I know you said it, but why isn't it happening? Do you see how a person's shifting? They're not totally convinced anymore, are they? Now, what they're seeing, the, ev the, the evidence of their eyes is now pulling at their belief, trying to pull you out of that position. I know that, I know that, I know that, that, I, that I have it because God said it. Now you face a choice. Now you begin to say, I am not moved by what I see. I'm not, the symptoms are not what are going to make, are, are not what are going to govern what I believe. What I see in the natural, the attack, that's not going to govern what I believe. This is a choice you make. I am not, they, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm, my, I'm not going to base my belief on what, the, what my eyes tell me. I choose. This is a position you reinforce in yourself. I choose to believe what he said. And Lord, I'm not backing off. I refuse to back off what you said, God, even when the natural evidence says otherwise, because I choose to believe that what you said is true. That's, that's being unshakable, yeah? A lot of Christians don't do this. They become shakable when the, when the natural evidence is contrary. You've got to reinforce to yourself, no, what he said is true. I'm not, what happens when, when, when I've stood and I've declared all week, by his stripes he were healed. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. And then the letter arrives from the doctor, the test results, and says, oh, 
you know, things have got 10 times worse. Now what happens? Suddenly, this supposed bias stripes I'm healed suddenly gets shaken, doesn't it? And suddenly you think, oh, 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 but I thought I was healed, but I've been declaring it all week. You know what just happened? You suddenly stepped out of being fully persuaded. Now, you're not too, not too convinced. Now you begin to, oh, why, why, why? That's when you pull yourself back. You grab yourself and say, no, I am not moved by what I see. I believe. I am, my persuasion comes from the word. Amen? Let's look back at 1 John 5. I think to be honest with you it's it's that that is when we talked about this a, a few weeks ago that is where you meditate on truths you meditate on the word as you meditate on it your, your revelation will build on the inside of you of those truths um, a lot of people just say well you know I can't believe it because God hasn't enlightened my eyes to it the Bible didn't, didn't just say, just wait for God to give you a revelation of Scripture. He says, meditate. You feed on it. You begin to see it. You begin to spend that time on it. What that does is it builds the revelation on the inside of you. So, yes, that, that is part of the foundation of the Word in you and that important part, which obviously we talked about the Word part of it in the, in the last few weeks, yeah? But, and, and that's why I said to you one, two, three weeks ago, we talked about the fact that faith, must be energized with the fuel of the word. Yeah? So the, and, and it's a continual, the word, the, the word is going in there and it energizes this position of persuaded because as you energize your faith by feeding on the word continually, that builds that revelation on the inside of you. Yeah? And, and it helps you receive. So yes, that's true, but that comes through the, through, through the dwelling in the word. Yeah? Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, and, and, and Paul prayed, open the eyes of their understanding. And, and put, so you put yourself in that position. But what did, what did Paul actually pray? Again, if you listen to the prayer, Ephesians 1, it says this. Uh, he says, I pray, that, uh, about, uh, no, actually, that's wrong, but he says, I pray that the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, will give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Next phrase, that you may... Anyone know the next word? Sorry? No. no. What am I talking about? No. Knowing. Come into the position. He says, you know that you know. So yes, he does pray, but, but he's praying, Lord, open the eyes of their understanding. To what? what? What is he saying, open their eyes to? He, he's, to the truths. The revelations are, and where are those revelations? They're in the word. So he is praying, Lord, help them to see this. Help them to understand. Open their eyes to these truths. Okay, and, and, and as you become established in those truths, it helps bring you to that place that you know. I know that I know, yeah? So yes, your question's valid, and it is the part of the word. But obviously, th that part of it I talked about um, previously. Now we're, I'm, I'm looking at another part of this. Built on that foundation of dwelling on the word, meditating on the word, okay? Coming to the place that I know, that I know, that I know. Coming to that place that I know I am fully convinced 
And it's true, feeding on the word, getting the revelation is part of that, which we'll talk about, yeah? Okay? But this part of this verse, let's read this verse again, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. So the end result of this verse in verse 15, that very last phrase at verse 15, is coming to the place, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Yeah? Which is what I've just talked about. Coming to the place that I know I have this. I've got this. We want to come to that place. Do you, do you, how many of you want to come to the place where you are firmly convinced it is unshakable, doesn't matter if, 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 if evidence to the contrary comes in your way, your foundation is unshakable. Do you realize when you come to that kind of unshakable foundation, one of the very next steps is the manifestation. Because you are so convinced you begin to talk like it, act like it, think like it, Naturally, you don't have to force it out of you. You're convinced, I've got this, I've got this. Yeah? So, now what I want to talk about now is how do we come to that place that I know, that I know, that I know. And part of what you are, your question is part of that. How do you come to the place? So right now I'm talking about the end position. Coming to the place that I know, that I know, that I know. Does that make sense? How do we come to that place? How do we get to the place where we are absolutely convinced and my foundation is unshakable and I have no doubt and I can look straight at that circumstance and not be even remotely shaken by the circumstance but look at it and say, I'm healed of you, I'm free from you in Jesus' name. Without any, not just coming out of the head, but total conviction, nothing shakes you. How do we come to that place? So what I've just spent the last three minutes, actually it's probably half an hour or 40 minutes by now, what I've just spent the, the last part of this message is, is showing you the position we want to come to. Yeah? I know that I know. And looking at showing you that it is possible to come to a position that you know that you know. Because atheists do it. Unbelievers, people do that with, with other things. And yet, in the church world, I've heard ministers teach, well, it's not realistic to have no doubt. I know James said no doubt, but it's not realistic. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's not scriptural. It is not a scriptural idea to say it's not realistic to have no doubts because people can do it in other areas. I've seen atheists do it. So don't tell me we can't do it in the area of the Bible. So, oh, well, it's realistic to have some doubts. No, it's not. If you know your God, it's not. Were you unshakable? How many of you want to come to this position where, like the Bible says, Abraham was fully convinced? Let me ask you this. How convinced was Abraham? I, I mean, I've just told you he was fully convinced. But what does that mean? Just how convinced was he? Sorry? No doubt? Do you realize... He was so convinced that his seed was coming through Isaac that when God said, sacrifice your child, he was convinced enough. Do you know the Bible doesn't say it took him six months to come to the place where he would obey God to sacrifice his child? Now, I'm not, not teaching child sacrifice. This was a test for God, from God in Genesis. Okay. Do you realize when God spoke to Abraham and said, go, go sacrifice your child, the Bible says the next morning, and in fact it was early in the morning really if you look at it, 
He packed his bag, he got his kid, and they started going toward the sacrifice. How long did he battle over? Oh, no, but Lord, you gave me Isaac. I can't kill Isaac. Oh, what do you mean sacrifice Isaac, Lord? You gave me Isaac. Oh, Lord. Was he shakable? Was he all afraid now? Oh, but Lord, maybe the promise won't come to pass. Sorry? Yeah, this is the point. He was so, con- this is what I mean when I asked a moment ago, just how persuaded was, I, was Abraham about what God had said, that through Isaac, your seed will come. He got up the next morning, takes Isaac to the sacrifice. Is this a man who's now afraid that maybe the word won't come to pass? In fact, he's willing to do something contrary to that promise because God told him to do it, because he's so convinced that, that God will have to move, do something to make that promise to pass. And what, did, what did, we're told in the New Testament, he was absolutely persuaded that even if Isaac died, God would raise him from the dead to fulfill that promise. And he said to the servants, or was it, he said to the servants, the boy and I will go and do a sacrifice and we will be back. What does that tell you about this man? This is what I'm telling you. That is an unshakable foundation. He's not afraid. Even if Isaac died, listen to me very carefully. I, I've had people say, oh, but you know, I was believing God for healing and, and they died. And now suddenly they don't believe in healing anymore. Do you see the difference? Abraham was convinced even if Isaac dies, God has to raise him from the dead to fulfill his promise. He wasn't shaken. A lot of Christians are shaken by the fact, oh, but, eh, you know, what about Jairus? Jairus comes to Jesus, say, lay your hands on my daughter and she'll live. And the next thing you know, his daughter dies. What, does it say, well, Jesus just patted them all on the back and said, it's all right, let's all go home now. People say, I wish we could have people raised from the dead. Well, when you can come to the place where you are so convinced that you are absolutely unshakable in, in, in healing and say, God, you promised to heal that person and we've been standing in faith. There's no way we're letting this person continue in death. But you see, what happens is most Christians give up at the point of death. Why? They ain't firmly convinced. There are a lot people have said, why didn't God heal them? They died. What you don't realize is the death was not the end of that situation. If we had come to that place of firm, firmly persuaded, we could have seen more people raised from the dead. Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead because he refused to let go. Jesus said, believe, Jairus, don't let go. Yeah, don't let go of that promise yet. Does death mean that's the end of the promise of God? Death to us is the barrier in our mind where we let go of the word of God. Well, we were all believing God for healing, but they died. Well, okay, let's all go have a, let's forget. Okay, I'm not saying that mockingly. Go have a cry. We love them. But if you let go of the word of God at that point, that's often why you don't see a result. Then we blame God. Well, God didn't, they were in faith and God didn't heal them. And then you end up with questions. Well, how come we know somebody who died and they were in faith and God didn't heal them? It's not that God didn't heal them. It's that at that point, that's where everybody gave up on the word. They weren't firmly persuaded. 
Some of you might need to meditate on this. This is why we don't see results. When things get so bad, we quit on the word at that point. We all have a breaking point. What happens if you've got a point, I won't quit on the word? That's the position Abraham came to. His belief was even if Isaac dies, this circumstance still has to change because God has promised in his word, and I will not let go of that. And Abraham was at the point where he said, both of us are coming back. Even if a knife gets stuck in him on that mountain, believe you me, he will be coming back with me alive. So even death itself was not a barrier to Abraham's belief system. Do you see that? <laughs> that is firm persuasion. That's how fully persuaded Abraham was. Do you know, this is, a lot of people, their foundation of believing God starts getting shaken when they take a stand on the word and then suddenly the symptoms get worse and worse and worse. You know what happens? Suddenly they shake, they, they, their foundation, which was initially unshakable, suddenly becomes a little, ooh, ooh, oh, but why is it getting worse? Lord, I'm believing. And then what happens? Suddenly they become more and more and more and more shakable because it gets worse, 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 worse. And then they, they eventually go, oh, but it didn't work. That was your quitting point right there. You weren't fully persuaded. If someone is fully persuaded, nothing will talk them out of it. Nothing. Even death itself won't be the barrier. And in fact, that's consistent with Hebrews. Hebrews 11, it shows the kind of faith these people have. What, see, we have... We've had the idea almost that you no, it's impossible to come to that place of faith. This is why there's ministers. I've heard big name ministers teach this whole thing. Oh, it's okay to have some doubt. No, it's not. That's not what the Bible teaches. Don't teach, we don't teach our own opinion. Teach the Bible for a change. Don't tell people it's okay to doubt. Teach them how to get rid of the doubt. Now, don't get condemned if you have doubt. Just realize I can get out of that doubt. How do you get out? Well, this is what I want to start talking about. Today's a bit of an introduction to this. I'm talking about the position we want to come to. We know we have. This makes sense. So we're gonna, we, I'm now I'm, I'm giving you in this one the position. We want to come to that place. I know I have. Now we're going to, not right now, don't worry, because at some point I'll finish today. But we want to start building. What's going to bring me to the place that I know, 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 and nothing, not, e not, even, not even everything going wrong on the thing that I'm believing God for. Not even that will cause me to let go of the word. I won't be shaken, no matter how bad it gets. If you start to be shaken and question and doubt, now you know your breaking point. Are we given Abraham as an example for our faith? We are, aren't we? He's, I mean, we're told, we're told others in Hebrews 11, but Abraham is the biggest example we're given of faith in, in the epistles that we're presented. He's the father of our faith. Look at, in other words, the Bible says, look at Abraham's faith and let that be the pattern for the kind of faith you aim for. So if Abraham's the pattern and then the same New Testament teaches his faith was unshakable, fully persuaded, and even the death of his son wouldn't convince him out of the promise of God, 
then ask, then answer this. If Abraham's the pattern and that's what we're told about his faith, is that the standard we should be aiming for? Yes. Is it possible to come to that place? Is it come to, possible to come to the place? Even, even the person does, you're not, you're, not, you're not shaken out of that position. This is part of the problem is we, we have, up until now, too many people are shaken out of the position by something going wrong. And we've got, we got, we got to break through that barrier. Now, please understand me. It is, it is sad when, 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 some, when someone dies, they believe in God. It, uh, it is a tragedy. I'm not glorifying that. It's a tragedy, especially if the church is not at a place where they can raise that person back up from the dead. Should we be walking in the place where we can? Of course we should. Was Abraham in the place where he was convinced my son will come back to life? Yes. Yeah. But... But, but there are too many people who used to believe in healing who no longer believe in healing because a loved one died when they prayed for them. And now they oh, we don't believe that stuff anymore because I tried it and it didn't work. Now, I'm going to pause here for a second and please understand I'm not being nasty and condemning and cruel, but actually you didn't try it because if you tried it properly, you'd still believe it. What happened is you, became, you were actually shakable. You were not yet in a position of no doubt because evidence to the contrary now shook you out of that position. When in truth, if you really believed it, nothing would shake you out of that position. If you got shaken out of the position of fully believing in healing, then you never fully believed in healing. Does that make sense? Because a fully persuaded person, nothing can convince you otherwise. If something convinced you otherwise, then you weren't fully persuaded. And I don't mean that in a cruel way. I'm showing us where we've been getting it wrong. If something talks you out of the word, then you, then you weren't fully yet persuaded. I, I can follow that logic. Does it make sense? What position should we be aiming for? That's what I'm teaching you now. When nothing will shake me out of, out of my belief. Nothing. What if every storm on the planet comes at you to shake you out of what you've stood on, what you've stood on the word? What if you take your stand on the word? <laughs> what if we take our stand as a church and we believe God wants us to establish a church here and every attack month after month after month stops that coming to pass? Do we suddenly then give up and quit? Or do we dig our heels on the ground and say, God has said this work will do what it's going to be doing and we're not backing down off it? Yeah? And you do the same thing with your, your, posi your position of healing. You do the same thing with your stand on your finances. You, we've got to come to the place, and it is possible, and this is what I want to teach about, how to come to the place where nothing will shake you out of what you believe. But today we're talking about the goal. We want to be in that place where I'm unshakable. Just like Abraham, even the death of his son wouldn't convince him that God won't fulfill his word through his son. That's a pretty unshakable position. And that's the position we're taught to be in, like Abraham. He's the father of he's the example of our faith. So I more introduced the subject today rather than actually started going through this. But I think this is important truth. This is what's going to bring me to the place where I, I can I cannot be shaken out of what I believe. 
on the Word of God. Now, we, now we're going to go steps back because these verses we read were a progression, remember. This, this, if, if this, then this. If this, then this. And then he says, if all of that, now I know. So what he shows is there's a building step toward coming to the place where I, where I know that I know and nothing will shake it out of me. Now, once you come to that place, manifestation is quite close down the road. Yeah? It's one of the next things up. But we'll leave that aside for now. We're going to build what will bring me to the place where I know that I know that I know what God says. Now, set this as a, as a vision. So out of today, just make up your mind, I want to get to that place. And I'm going to be in that place. And, 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 and we're going to make that decision. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by evidence to the contrary. I'm not moved even if things get worse. I will not back down off what I've stood on the Word of God. I will not let go of. And if you've got to do this verbally to yourself, I've done this verbally. I've done this at times where so that you feel it on the inside. You feel yourself getting afraid. You feel yourself like, oh, you, uh, you know, I've, I've prayed, Lord, provide for me. And suddenly I'm like, I added up my bank balance and it don't get to the end of the month. And suddenly I'm like, Lord, what are we going to do? And you feel that fear grip you. And sometimes we're all human. You, you feel it trying to get in. Okay. Now, I remember one, one minister, he said, one minister said, he said, just because of this, I think it's an American expression, it was an American minister, I don't know, but he said, just because a bird flies over your head doesn't mean you need to make, let it make a nest in your hair. Okay? Just because the negative thought comes, just because the fear comes, so that the devil will put the fear there and then he'll say, see, you're afraid now, you're out of faith. No, 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 no. Just because the, the negative thought comes or the fear tempts you, to come on the inside, and you start to be now. If you dwell on it for the for the next two hours, then yes, you've let the fear and worry in. But when that comes in, as soon as you recognize it, what do you do? If necessary, verbally, out of your mouth. This is what I do. You you say no, I refuse that fear, and you say. I am not moved by what I feel. I am not moved by that evidence. I make a decision. I am not moved by that evidence contrary to what I've believed God for. And you say, Lord, I thank you. You are faithful. I am convinced you will do what your word says. And I refuse to let go of what your word says. This is, this is how you fight the good fight of faith. This, you make it a fight. Use decisions like, I refuse to doubt what you said, God. Use that in your prayer life. I will not back off what you said, God. Nothing will tear that me out of this position. That is fighting the faith fight, yeah? Now you're fighting this battle. I'm not giving into the fear. I'm not giving into the worry. I'm not backing off what God said. Amen? All right. Let's, let's just close in prayer. Father, we thank you. Lord, we just give you the glory and the honor. Father, I thank you that we can come to this place that we know, that we know, that we know. And, and absolutely nothing will tear the word of God out of me. Nothing will rip that foundation out of me. Nothing will cause me to back down. And I thank you, Lord, this is the kind of faith that you teach that we're supposed to have. And we're going to be a people who have that kind of faith. We're not going to be shakable anymore. We're not going to be pulled out of that position. But we are absolutely convinced, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, we can rely on you. We can trust you. We can have confidence in your word and know that you'll do it and know that we have it. 
we can have absolute confidence, even when every bit of evidence in the natural world is saying everything opposite. We can reaffirm our position and say what God said is true, and I believe it. And we thank you for that, Lord. We just give you the glory. And Father God, I thank you. I, I just continue. I speak life and healing over every person here. Father, I thank you that healing is manifest. I thank you, Lord, no matter what people have been going through, no matter what we see, Lord God, my position is I believe we have a church full of healthy, healed people. We have miracles. We have healings manifest in this church. People's lives are touched in this church. People receive healing and breakthroughs in their lives. And we're going forward. We're getting the breakthroughs, Lord. No matter what it looks like in the natural, even if, if everything says no, 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 no breakthroughs are happening, I declare we're getting breakthroughs in this place. People receive and they get, the, they, they, they get what, they, they, what they trust in God for. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So we give you all of the glory and all of the honor, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.